Micro Monday again, the microcast where we get to know members of the Micro.blog community. I'm Jean McDonald, Community Manager here at Micro.blog, and on this episode, I'm very pleased to welcome Eric, who is at Eric M. Walk on Micro.blog. Hey, Eric, how's it going today? It's going well. Um, it's a Actually, a cooler day than normal here in oh, good. Minneapolis, um, Twin Cities area, I guess, uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And yeah, going to travel later today. So it's a busy day, but a good day. Oh, I'm glad to hear it's cooler. I know we have all, regardless of our geographic locations, have had our weather days, difficult weather days this summer. And I know from experience, it's not fun recording a podcast when it's too hot. So lucky us, because it is also cool here in Portland today. But yeah, before we get started talking about blogging and micro.blog, would you tell the listeners a bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, I, I live in Minnesota. Um, I'm married, uh, and my wife and I, we have three kids. The oldest is a boy. Uh, the younger two are girls. Um, and obviously, how can I forget our beloved uh, doodle dog as well? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, as far as when, when I'm not distracted with, you know, you know, checking out what people write on microblog or, you know, connecting with other people uh, or just doing technology type stuff. My day job is actually in finance and accounting, but more specifically audit uh, at a global filter manufacturing company. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my, I guess, hobbies, if, you know, if you follow me, you probably have a decent idea of maybe what I do. And I guess it's kind of strange to say that I have hobbies because what my wife tells me, I always have me time, but that me time is really me running. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But besides that, like work and running, I pretty much just, I mean, our kids are pretty busy in activities, which, you know, a lot of people have input on that, but, you know, I enjoy watching, you know, my son play basketball, my one of my daughters play mm-hmm. hockey and dance and uh the other one does dance as well and i guess my son does bowling too so that keeps us pretty busy at least through the school years and then in the summer we like to enjoy you know doing some vacations and you know we have an rv so we kind of travel about as well yeah i've been enjoying your pictures from the summer uh the rv setup looks really cool yeah it, it, yeah this year we decided we actually got into like a more of a seasonal campsite which was probably a mistake just due to the fact that we had these two bigger trips planned. One, uh, we went around Lake Superior and then another one, we wow. were going out to uh, Maine. We're not taking the RV for that, but it's actually for my parents' 50th uh, wedding anniversary. They wanted both my brother's family and my family to go out and uh, we're all going to hang out for a week or so. Um, but if wow. besides that, it, it would have been a perfect year to have a seasonal spot with gas prices being high earlier this year and driving about it around a big gas guzzling RV, but, um, the kids, my, my wife's a teacher. So her and, uh, my kids, they've spent a lot of time, you know, when we haven't been traveling down there, a lot of times I've been working mm-hmm. from home still. Um, so that kind of helps and it's just a nice little getaway. So a seasonal camping site, is that where you have the site for the whole season? Like it sounds? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. So whereas typically, you know, with our RV, our driveway is that, you know, we, we typically in the summer, we park our RV in our driveway when we're not camping, which, you know, that also has been, it was great during, you know, COVID times. And when we were all on lockdown, Mm -hmm. because then my wife would go out there and work and I would work inside. And, you know, so we kind of had separation. And then when the kids were all at home too, um, it just gave them another area to just kind of hang out and be kind of by themselves. Uh, 
but yeah, so with the seasonal site, we've actually just left our RV down at this campsite. It's about an hour and 15 minute drive from our house. So it's not overly, you know, far away and it's mm-hmm. hooked up to all utilities that you can think of. The only thing that is the drawback for me is they, they say they have high speed internet there, but it's definitely hit or miss if it's good or not. But well, that sounds really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed those photos and, of course, you're running photos. You're uh, out and about running quite frequently, it seems, at least according to your blog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I, it was never my intention to always uh, post just running pictures. Um, it's probably one of the interesting things about, you know, micro microblog that I actually like. You know, I, I kind of do it just from a journaling perspective, just to kind of, mm-hmm. and I don't know why I've always taken pictures when I've run um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I do it. Maybe it's just a document. And a lot of times it's, I see something cool and now it's just became almost a habit that I just try to take a picture every time I'm out and about, there's always something interesting, mm-hmm. um, kind of helps remind me of that. Um, so yeah, it, it just seems like an easy place for me to just put it out there. And then, you know, a year from now I can see what I posted last year and it's always kind of neat to see where I, what I might've been doing. I uh, know. I feel like the on this day function using that uh, plugin on micro.blog is like a, um, it's like a little bit of time travel <laughs> for me, you know, be like, Oh yeah, that's what I was doing two years, three years, five years ago. Exactly. Um, but sometimes, uh, lately I've been looking at it and saying like, Oh no, you don't know that <laughs> what's coming tomorrow. <laughs> you think you're just going on a simple one day trip. Yeah. Instead you're going <laughs> to, you're going to end up, your whole vacation is going to be changed around. But so it's, it is, it's like, I don't know, being Dr. Who or something and being, being saying like, it's a fixed point in time. It can't be changed now. You can read about it, but you can't talk to your past self and try to, to convince yourself not to do the thing that's going to ruin your summer trip. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit freaked out looking at my on this day, this, uh, this month, because it was three years ago that I thought I was going to be in Europe for a month, but instead it ended up being cut short by uh, injury. Oh, yeah. And avoidable injury, Uh. I guess avoidable. I don't know. But um, that's just the way it goes. That's things happen. That's true. Um, (laughs) But anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about micro.blog. You've been blogging since before you joined micro.blog, right? Yeah, I had been. Um, I it was kind of on again, off again, you know, I was trying to think mm-hmm. back, you know, cause I, I know you kind of prepped me with this question, but I tried to think back of when I even would have started doing any of this and, you know, mm-hmm. probably like a lot of other people, I think, you know, even the curiosity to start blogging was even before then of just creating like old HTML pages. Right. Um, I used to work yeah. at a dial up internet provider when I was back in high school. And I remember we had to keep, <laughs> keep their site updated and that's, you know, a friend and I, we both worked there. So, you know, it's like, uh, obviously since we worked at, at the building itself, like we had fast internet there, but then we'd go home and it'd be, you know, really <laughs> slow. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it, that also probably spurred a lot of my interest in technology and, you know, then after, you know, just building web pages by hand, you know, all of a sudden all these open source content management systems, you know, WordPress, Drupal, mm-hmm. Joomla, all these places, you know, started cropping up. And 
I think, you know, that I think that's probably when maybe more of what I would say a, a blog to me kind of uh, seemed interesting versus me just throwing a whole bunch of stuff out there and HTML pages, which probably don't really exist anymore, which is probably good too. <laughs> but yeah, I think when it maybe really took off was when my wife and I went to Peru. It was a couple of years after college. Um, Mm-hmm. And we actually went down there with my parents. We took them down there because um, we have some family mm-hmm. friends that live down there. And, it, you know, it was a really great time. But, you know, one of one of the drawbacks was my, my wife really didn't have a good way to contact her parents and let them know how we were doing. You know, my parents were there, so no big mm-hmm. deal. But um, I think at that point, we maybe used Blogger. Um, mm-hmm. And I used to have an old Blackberry Pearl at that time oh, from my yeah. work. I think it was a Pearl. And, you know, you... You could do the email, I think, to blogging feature back then. So, you know, at the times that we, you know, were connected to the really, when we weren't connected, I would say, to the really slow Wi-Fi to post photos, we would just write like text. I mean, so if you think about it, it was almost just like a way that mm-hmm. we communicate with, you know, her parents and family and friends that knew that we were going down there just to let them know how it was going. And yeah, after that, you know, it was probably on and off again, as far as, you know, just kind of trying to do a blog here and there. Um, yeah. You know, as I, as I look at, you know, where, where my blogs have been, you know, I think, you know, maybe this is, this would probably be your next question. I think what, what interests me about microblogs specifically was it kind of converged a lot of where I'd been like putting some stuff on Twitter, some stuff on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, and then I had a WordPress blog that I self-hosted and, you know, it, it was just, I never knew what to put where. And then it was, you know, mm. I felt like it was more work than what it was worth. You know, I felt like I had to put long form writing in my, you know, what I call blog, but, you know, I'm, I don't always like writing long form. And, you know, sometimes I just want to share something interesting. And I toyed with that, you know, with the WordPress blog, but it just never felt right. And I don't remember when or how or who maybe pointed me in the direction of a microblog, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of fit. It seemed like, you know, an easy way to just share something quick. Um, You could also write something long and it was just all in one place, which ultimately I think I was maybe, I don't remember how long I've been on microblog now. It's probably, maybe this would be three years. I know for the first year, I didn't really change anything, but I only really used microblog to um, mm-hmm. And I, I actually sent my information back to my WordPress site. Um, but then this past December, I just went, was thinking, I'm just going to go all in. So I moved all of my old posts from my WordPress site. I pulled in all of my Instagram posts because I just like looking at mm-hmm. pictures. Um, and even yeah. even back with, you know, your comment about my running pictures there for a while, I, I would post on Instagram too. But then I kind of felt like I was almost spamming people it didn't feel like the right place for me to always just post because a lot of times it was just something small where, you know, as I used Instagram and that went on, it seemed like people only really wanted pictures of my kids out there. So. Yeah. It's interesting how there was kind of this push to post engaging content. Um, It started to lose its uh, fun for me and I did um, export my Instagram uh, content such that I could import it into micro.blog. And I'm really glad I could do that. Cause that was, those were like, I was only posting one photo a day. And so they were by definition, my favorite photos <laughs> and having liberated those photos from Instagram, I was fine with quitting Instagram and Facebook 
a few years ago. At least micro.blog lets, when you're following somebody, you're really following them. That's when I started to get frustrated with Instagram, when I realized that they were showing me photos that people had posted over a day ago. Yeah. And that was... I complain. I'm like, what's, what does Insta mean to you? Because to me, it means I instantly see what somebody has posted. So, yeah. And then, I mean, not to, not to harp on, you know, Facebook and Instagram, but I think what really, you know, I guess I didn't even touch on Facebook before, but, you know, some of what kind of probably turned me away from those platforms, you know, it does get frustrating because, you know, I find this trap, you know, and this is what happened with Facebook was all of a sudden, you know, there was a whole bunch of people on it and they all wanted to follow each other because we knew each other from some long ago, which Mm -hmm. it is interesting keeping up with people. But then all of a sudden, you know, you have all these people that you knew that are all of a sudden pushing a whole bunch of products. And I don't want to see that. Um, You know, that that's not why I'm there. And that's, you know, that's to me, I mean, then Instagram kind of starts to go the same way. Whereas I think at first, some of these people moved over and, you know, they were just posting interesting photos, you know, travels. I like seeing that. Um, But, you know, then, then the algorithms get in the way, like you were saying, and then, you know, it just, it, it pains me to go out there and look, but every now and then I know I do. Um, And I think that's where Mm -hmm. for microblog, even, you know, if somebody is posting a photo a day, say it's running, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um <laughs> but I, I i don't mind seeing that because i don't i don't feel like somebody's trying to maybe sell something yeah i think that's another thing that once you get used to it on a place like micro.blog it's hard to go back is the you know just insipid commercialization of the web and we have very little of that um sure we have people who are doing cool things and want to let other people know about them. That's, that's cool, but you won't see like commercial campaigns. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, before we wrap up, I want to ask you about another thing, which I told you I was going to be interested in. And uh, it's kind of ironic that you and I are both experiencing cool days today. Um, when I initially wrote to you about this, I said I wanted to talk about the ice skating rink, that that might give everybody a a respite from the heat that they're feeling in their lives to talk about how you freeze an ice rink in your backyard. I started this, I think last year would have been my eighth year doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really, I, I grew up in Iowa, so, you know, we didn't freeze ice rinks there. I didn't skate, you know, this, (laughs) this wasn't a thing. Um, But yeah, about eight years ago then, uh, my, my brother's brother-in-law that lived in the area, his kids were getting too old and he used to always flood a rink. And, you know, my brother didn't want these boards. Mm-hmm. Um, and really all it is is plywood boards. So it's not anything fancy, but my brother didn't want it. Mm-hmm. And he asked me and I said, sure, I'll try this. And at that point, you know, my, my kids were younger. I think maybe that we would have had just my oldest and my middle child. Um, and, I think they were kind of doing some learn to skate type things. And I thought, what a Mm -hmm. great idea. We'll put this in the backyard and it'll just be a way that they can skate. There's, I will say there's tons of places in Minnesota that you can go out and skate. There's ponds in people's backyards. There is, (laughs) you know, like local parks and schools, they all flood ranks. But to me, you know, and this was back when we started, um, you know, it, it would be so cold by the time we got to the rink, you know, they're all bundled up, get their skates on, get them out mm-hmm. there. If there wasn't a warming house, like 
are we going to be there for 20 minutes? Maybe, you know? So then all of that work, I was like, you know, we'll just put it in the backyard. And at that point, I really didn't know if any kid would play hockey. I actually was thinking my son was going to be the hockey player out of all of them, but really it's my middle child, my daughter. She's the hockey (laughs) lover out of, out of them. But, but yeah, so, you know, that's kind of how it started. Um, Just, somebody gave me all of their old boards and I just started setting it up. Um, I, uh, I know for this past year only because I wrote it down. And since I kind of knew the question was coming, I did look back because I think I actually posted about it on microblog. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was 1,484 gallons of water that I put this last, uh, year. Um, I would say this is was smaller than what I did the year before from a size perspective. And I don't have those numbers off the top of my head. I think it was maybe 32 feet by probably 65 feet or so. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the other year I might've even gone to 80 feet. Um, but when I started out, mm-hmm. it was only 32 by 40 um, and over the years, I kind of started to make it a little bit larger. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do this next year. I, what I found now that, you know, especially my daughter, that's the hockey lover, but my son will play with her outside too. They're just so busy now that I feel like it's getting less use. So I'm either going to make it smaller yeah. yet, or maybe this year I might forego it for one year. We'll see. Mm. I guess it's been, <clears throat> it's been eight years. I feel like 10 should be the goal. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, as far as how long it takes to freeze, it, it really depends. And some of it just depends upon trying to time it right. And that's probably the biggest, mm. you know, just, uh, I guess, you know, looking at the weather and I'm no weather weather guy, um, just trying to figure out when it might be cold enough to put it down. I've had a year, Yeah, I mean, back when, when I started and then my brother ended up doing it too. So him and I, we text a lot as far as when we think we're going to do things, but um back when I started, we used to be skating on Thanksgiving. And I would say that's not the case anymore. There was one year when I flooded it right before Thanksgiving and there was a cold spell, but then all of a sudden it warmed up until about Christmas. So I just had a big pool of water just sitting there. And that's probably, you know, if anybody's ever flooded a rink before, especially how mine's built, because you think of all the water that's in there on one side, it's probably a foot and a half to two feet of ice. And on the other side, it's six inches. Um, so you're just kind of praying that like the water is not going to push your boards down because if it breaks something, you're kind of done. <laughs> um, I've had, I mean, I've, I've had some of the struggles in the past where I've ripped the tarp before and that's just a disaster mm-hmm. trying to fix. It's not something that's easy. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I would say typically if I time it right, it can probably be frozen within maybe less than a week. Um, Maybe even four days could be enough if it's a really cold stretch that you could actually get Mm -hmm. on it and skate. I probably wouldn't, um, but I think the kids would be fine. There there would, there'll still be water underneath in the deep end, at least for a while until it really gets cold enough. It just sounds really cool to me. I guess maybe it's partially, you know, having grown up in Miami, Florida, (laughs) where, such a thing was never contemplated, <laughs> but we did have a pool yeah. um, year round. It was just unusual. I had never heard of anybody doing that before. And so it always stuck in my mind, like, what is that like? And as I said, especially when we've been having a heat wave, 
that just thinking about ice and ice skating um, made gave me a little bit of a relief. Yeah, I I definitely prefer cold weather over warm weather. Um, my <laughs> wife would not agree with me. Um, she's on the other camp, but when it stays like this, I I wouldn't mind uh, being outside in zero degree temperature versus um, what we've been having. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I have learned, there's one thing I have no control over. It's the weather. It's true. So, <laughs> I, I do use it as a uh, object of meditation, letting go and uh, being in the moment. Because if the moment's going to be hot, it's going to be hot. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, <laughs> Eric, I wanted to thank you so much for uh, taking this time to come and chat with me and, and for blogging on Micro.blog. No, thank you. I, I enjoyed blogging on there, and I don't foresee myself changing up anytime soon. Well, listeners, if you want to follow Eric on Micro.blog, there is a link in the show notes, or go to micro.blog slash Eric M. Walk. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.